Peg from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. John Trumbull, happy holidays to you and yours. Happy holidays to you, sir. Uh, we are recording this the day after Christmas, and it's going to go up on uh, December 27th, if I've, if I've done the math right. Right. So. Crunch the numbers, figured, you know, did the long division on that one, and you're like, oh, yeah. this will be out on the 27th. On the 27th, if, if all goes as planned. If we don't have some huge technical mishap recording this episode, as we have been wont to do on occasion. Oh, so yeah. if you're listening to this on Monday the 27th, go us! Yeah, we did it! <laughs> we pulled it off! Yay! Hooray! <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, man. How was your holidays, my friend? Not too shabby? Well, it was, uh, it was okay. It was, uh, it was a low-key holiday for me. I wasn't able to uh, fly down to see the family this year, so I just... Oh. Uh, I spent, I spent the Christmas by myself, but I got to talk to my mom on the phone for about an hour, and that was good. So. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, as long as you talk to people and, you know, connect with the loved ones and people in your life, you'll always have a very Merry Christmas. Yeah. You know, and I, I watched It's a Wonderful Life and How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the uh, the animated version, not the Jim Carrey version. Yeah, that one was that one was an odd one. Like, I, I, I mean, they had, I, I didn't dream it, but they had a key party in there, right? I don't know. I've never seen the entire thing. I did. Uh, I remember very distinctly one year I was flipping around channels one December and I saw the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey version. And it was Jim Carrey dresses the Grinch and he was like running away from an explosion. And I was like, OK, I don't ever need to see this. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because like they took this, you know, this movie that was four kids and then they kind of a put in some adult jokes there and yeah some of them were kind of like pretty inappropriate like i remember seeing that movie i forget if it was in a the theater or at home but i remember thinking yeah this isn't great and i remember there being like a whoville holiday party at somebody's house and i vaguely remember like people coming in through the door and putting their keys in a glass bowl and i was like ew what's this doing in this movie they believe really strongly in designated drivers in Whoville. If anybody had too much to drink, they were going to call them a cab. That's that's what I'm telling myself and any uh, child who asks me, hey, what's that scene about? I'll tell them yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I'm Whoville in... has a thriving Uber economy. Oh, forget it. Like Lyft, yeah. Uber, they've, they're probably started in Whoville before they mm-hmm. uh, before they went to Silicon Valley, if I... Yeah, yeah. If if tale is to be believed, so. Mm-hmm. And like I remember seeing like the live action Cat in a Hat movie with Mike Myers, and that was another one where it's like, oh, this it feels weird. I, I've movie. never seen that one, but I do understand that Mike Myers uh, did some sort of risque jokes in that. Yeah, uh, is is that a, is that a Christmas movie? Should we do that like when next Christmas rolls around? It's not a Christmas movie. I don't think we should do it ever. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I mean, I distinctly remember that one. There was one scene where he like walks through somebody's garden and he steps on a like a garden hoe, and then he calls uh-huh. it a, he calls it a dirty hoe. And oh I yeah, like, okay. I, like, I remember oh. hearing about this. Yes, I was like, oh come on, man, that ain't right. 
That's, yeah, that is that, that and and the Love Guru. That was kind of like the one-two punch that sort of killed Mike Myers's movie career. Yeah, like I, I mean, I still haven't seen the Love Guru. Part of me kind of wants to see it just to, just to see how not great and offensive it is. But but then yeah, I'm like, I, I, don't... I saw a bit of it on TV. Uh, it was what I saw was not good. Um, mm. But I feel like. At some point, we probably will cover those if this podcast goes on long enough. I um, don't. I mean, do you think? All right, I'll ask you a question. What do you yeah. think we'll see f- first? Uh, an Adam Sandler movie or those Mike Myers movies? Well, you already covered an Adam Sandler movie during one of the episodes I missed, right? Right, I did. But like, uh, but yeah. I mean, like uh, the both of us watching. I mean, I like some of Adam Sandler movies, but like his earlier stuff, the stuff that he's more well known for can be a little hit and miss with me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like clamoring to see little Nikki or uh, Jack and Jill anytime soon Oof. or pixels or a lot of his movies look like crap. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. God uh, damn. Every Christmas. Uh, I, I did watch, I did have like the wedding singer on not too long ago on TV. Uh, that, and that's fine. I've got my problems with the wedding singer, but uh, it's it's cute enough. It's cute enough. Uh, it's and and I like him as a, a straight dramatic actor. Um, I enjoyed him. I enjoyed him in Funny People. Um, what was what's the movie he did? Was it a James L. Brooks movie he did? Uh, Spanglish. Oh, Spanglish. I remember him being good in Spanglish. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Punch Punch Drunk Love. I've never seen Punch Drunk Love. That's the um, one where everybody kind of gave him accolades for like... That's the one where everybody was like, oh, he's he's an actor. He can act. It's, you know, the same yeah, way... That, that was uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, I think, right? Right. Like the same way people saw Marky Mark in uh, Boogie Nights and everybody was like, oh, Marky Mark can act. He's good. Yeah. And then, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I never yeah. saw that one because I mean I I usually just don't run out to see the Adam Sandler movies. Um, I did I did see Anger Management with Jack Nicholson uh, when that was in theaters. I haven't seen it. I since. remember that being okay. Yeah, I remember that being okay. And I haven't seen uh, uh his last one on Uncut Gems, but I hear good things about that one too. People really that got good he... reviews. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, may- wow, maybe we maybe we will do an Adam Sandler movie. Maybe I just talked us into doing Adam Sandler movies. In the future. Well, I mean, there are ones that, yeah, I'm at least willing to watch. Um, and I okay. do feel like he is he is a significant guy that we've we haven't really given his due yet. So, yeah, we should true. we should try and watch some Adam Sandler stuff um, soon. Um, I mean, SNL is going to be off for the Olympics. So, ooh, yeah, maybe we can squeeze in an Adam Sandler thing then. I, I don't think they've announced when or if they're coming back in January yet. So that still seems like a little up in the air, right? Uh, it does. And uh, I guess it's going to take a while to sort of maybe regroup and reassess um, their their staff uh, because as we learned from our last episode, in between that episode, we talked about the Paul uh, Rudd episode. And now uh, a few uh, crew members have left the show. Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, one of them, a head writer. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so as far as the writers go, um, Jasmine Pierce has left the show. Mm-hmm. She posted on Instagram saying uh, that, you know, she was going to L.A. and she was going to write out there. 
And uh, one of the head writers, uh, Anna Dresden or Dresden, mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's but Dresden. But... Dresden. But yeah, she has also announced on Instagram that she was uh, leaving SNL to write on her um, on her very own animated uh, show, Praise Petey, which will air on Freeform. Hmm. So, and uh, yeah, that's, I, I don't think anybody saw that coming because like she's been on uh, the show for quite a bit. She's one of the head writers. Um, yeah. and yeah, now she's kind of gone off to do her own show. Uh, yeah, very exciting. Uh, for the, for those that know, Dresden, she's, she's one of the people she's, she wrote for Kate and 80 a lot. Um, like, uh, you know, what else has she done? Do, do you know some of her notable sketches offhand? Uh, well, her, one of her most notable sketches when is the one she wrote for Bowen Yang, where she wrote the uh, weekend update segment of Bowen being the iceberg that sank the Titanic. Yeah. That's like that's like that, that's kind of the one that put Bone on the map, if you ask me. That really broke him. Yeah, I mean that's what that's one of his breakout bits, definitely. Yeah, uh, she also wrote on Girls Five Eva. Uh, she's done a number of things, but actually, this is another thing that um kind of popped up that had me thinking. I saw one of our listeners, uh, Manette Marati, saying that well, now that Jasmine and Anna are leaving, do you think this will be a a good sign? that this also might be Kate and 80's last season. Because as we've said before, like uh, if you're a cast member on SNL, it's pretty important that you partner up with a writer so the two of you can get a lot of, you know, sketches on and, you know, just you get more and more screen time. So if you don't have a writer by your side or you know how to write yourself, like odds are a lot of your stuff doesn't get on. So like now that Kate and 80's kind of primo writer is leaving, do you think they might be like, yeah, maybe we should go too. And I don't know. I, I'm I'm leaning towards yes, but I don't want to say yes because I don't know. With everything going on with COVID and everything, who knows who's leaving and who's staying? It's all up in the air. But I think I think this might be their last uh, uh, roundup. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me, um, but it also wouldn't greatly surprise me if if they stayed. I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Uh, so also, last uh, show, this, this was also the last show for uh, Paul Briganti, director of SNL. He directed the um, the black and white An Evening with Pete Davidson uh, pre-tape that was on the Paul Rudd episode. Hmm. And he's been there okay. for a while, and he's uh, taking off as well. Would he mainly do the, uh, the pre-tape stuff? I believe so, yeah. I think mostly his stuff was like uh, pre-tape stuff. I'm sure he worked with like the... Um, you know, please don't destroy guys, or maybe just Pete Davidson a, a bit. But yeah, he's um he's taking off for uh, greener pastures, as they say. Okay. Well, and um, yeah, and also uh, something else we we forgot to mention that the um the Paul Rudd episode that was the final episode for Don Roy King, longtime director of SNL. Yeah, that's uh, have they announced who's taken over from him? Uh, yeah. Uh, I believe it's like Liz Patrick. Okay. She's like a director for the uh, Ellen DeGeneres, the Ellen show, Ellen DeGeneres show. I think I mentioned her a while ago that she was taking over. So when uh, the show comes back, it will be under Liz Patrick's uh, regime. I mean, that's interesting because like SNL has had like a long continuity with the directors. It's like they get a director and that person stays with the show for like a decade or more. It seems. Yeah, it's like like Supreme Court. You're just it's like your job for life. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it just seems like it's a very specialized skill set, you know? It does. It does. But I think, you know, Liz Patrick, I mean, she's worked with Ellen on the Ellen DeGeneres show. So I think she has a good eye for, you know, sort of this type of show format. So, um, mm-hmm. and I think well, she's also worked on a number of uh, MTV shows, if I'm not mistaken. Like TRL, she's worked on Total Request Live, Guy Court. So she kind of has a good sense of, you know, working with this type of live TV format. So I, I think she's a good fit. I think she'll be mm-hmm. hey, okay. She was she worked she's directed a while and out, a lot of the MTV movie awards, a lot of the MTV award shows. It, it turns out Spring Break 2008. She has that under her belt. Uh, the Real World, just. Pretty much anything at MTV done. Wow, I'm looking at it now. Okay, okay. And uh, I just looked up Don Roy King. Don Roy King's been the director of SNL since 2006. Uh, so he, he and he's only the third person to sh- serve as the show's director. Which that, I mean, that really tells you how long wow. SNL directors stick with the show. Uh, he's also earned uh, nine primetime Emmys and gotten 13 nominations. So. Uh, for for SNL, he's he's got ten Emmy awards overall. So Oof, you, wow, um, that's Chihuahua. Yeah, that's that's something else. And uh, yeah, he's he's in his uh, he's uh, seventy four now, so he's uh, finally retiring. So yeah, we wish him the best. Yeah. Well, speaking of retiring, segue. Uh, you watch mm-hmm. the um, the Kennedy Honors Awards with uh, Mr. Lauren Michaels. If I'm not yeah, the uh, the Kennedy Center Honors aired uh, this Wednesday, um, and that of course was the the ceremony with um, that they do every year in December. And you know, the president's going to it again, which that's nice. Yeah, um, you know, the, sh- the president is like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and to a thing where they're honoring other people, and they're not talking about me because I recognize that even though I'm the president, not everything is about me." yeah it's nice to have a president that realizes that isn't it exactly exactly and uh, lauren michaels was one of the five honorees along with let's see if i can remember who else it was it was uh jody mitchell um we had oh geez i didn't i didn't bring the the list up um i got it i'm looking it up jody mitchell and who they had a nice joke uh, about jody mitchell where they said that she was the number one Canadian, um, the best <laughs> Canadian immigrant ever, um, including Lauren Michaels. Um, okay, yeah, I got but, it. Yeah, thank you. So they honored uh, Lauren Michaels, Joni Mitchell, uh, Bette Midler, Barry mm-hmm. Barry Gordy, and yes. uh, operatic bass baritone Justino Diaz. Yes, uh, and you know I kept the whole show on. Of course, I was mainly watching it for Lauren. I do try to watch it. Most every year, though, that's that's become a thing that I would like watch with my mom when I was home for Christmas because they usually air it close to Christmas. Oh, nice. Um, but for Lauren, a lot of SNL people showed up. Uh, Amy Poehler and Seth Meyers, they did a weekend update uh, segment. Uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che did a weekend update segment. Um, who else spoke? Um, Wasn't Fallon there, too? Fallon was there. Tina Fey was there. Um, I think I saw also um, Chris and Wig and Kate McKinnon did a thing. Yes, they did a thing. They they dressed up as the Blues Brothers and they did like the Blues Brothers dance, which uh, that unfortunately was not very good because it's just oh. like, well, who can match what Aykroyd and Belushi did? And it's, 
you know, it's just foolish to inv- even invite the comparison. But uh, it, but it was really yeah. fun to see uh, Amy Poehler and Seth Meyers do a weekend update thing again, and uh, uh, Michael Che was had a had a great joke um, <laughs> because they do the Kennedy Center Honors in Washington D.C. Of course, Michael Che was like, "Hey, it's great to be back in Washington D.C. I haven't been here since January sixth. Hey, oh." So that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so it was it was well done. It was entertaining. Um, what I was really impressed with, by was they showed some clips of Lorne's early career, and he did like a sketch comedy show in Canada called The Heart and Lorne Terrific Hour, and we got to see young, mustachioed Lorne Michaels. Yeah, like when you posted those up on uh, Twitter and social media, I was like, whoa. This I he looked like a member of the Allman Brothers or some shit. Yeah, like I, he 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 looked like Sonny Bono. I mean, he's got he's got like the long hair over his ears. He's got he's got like that seventies early seventies stash thing. Um, it, it was yes. very Ron Burgundy. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's very Anchorman. <laughs> and yes, I became uh, momentarily obsessed with Lauren Michaels, young Lauren Michaels' mustache from from nineteen seventy. Um, yeah, so. it's just like I've never seen that like his brown hair. Like the young, the old, the youngest I've ever seen him in footage is he still had like kind of salt and pepper type of hair to him, like mm-hmm. uh, you know back in the uh, Ackroyd Belushi early days of SNL. That's like the youngest I've ever seen him. So even to see him in footage younger than that, it just like yeah. kind of it was like jarring for me. I was like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> who's yeah. who's this? It was... Who's this hippie beatnik? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, that's just how people looked circa 1970. I know, so. I know. Just, like, it plays uh, oh, they also had Paul Simon on the show. Paul Simon came out and, uh, you know, he started uh, he, he started playing his song America, which I thought was kind of funny because the, the first lyric of, of America was, let us be lovers, we'll marry our fortunes together. And mm. I was just like, wait, is, is Paul Simon like declaring his love for Lorne Michaels? Um, Finally, he's doing so, it. That would be a that would be a hell of a closer. <laughs> <laughs> I've kept these feelings inside for too long, Lorne. I've loved you for fifty years, Lorne. <laughs> be mine. Let us be lovers together. <laughs> Counting I mean, headlights yeah, on a New Jersey turnpike. I mean, but it, it was nice to see. It was really cool to see, and it, it's one of those things that really makes you realize what an impact SNL and Lorne Michaels. Uh, has had on American culture, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, once you like kind of step back and look at it all, it's it's pretty impressive. Like the number yes. of people whose careers he helped launch, and you know, yeah. it's it's pretty. Uh, I mean, you can't, you just can't deny the man's like is a staple in uh, U.S. and in, in the United States uh, com- of of the United States comedy. I don't know what I'm trying to. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, yeah, neither do I. Neither do I. Uh, I should also mention that uh, Kevin Nealon was there as well, and he also did a, a brief update segment. Kevin Nealon! As the most popular original cast member. Oh, nice. So. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah. And, and Michael J. Had a, also had a good line where he pointed out that Lauren has been nominated for an Emmy uh, 94 times and won 20 times. So he's lost... And the Emmy, a humiliating 74 times, <laughs> which is great. I mean, so it was like half tribute, half rose, because that's what you're going to get when you get a bunch of SNL people together. That's how I like it. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and uh, also in uh, SNL news, uh, Mr. John Mulaney, he he had he had a, he had his baby. He's a he's a partner. Yeah, well, I mean, he and Olivia Munn they had their child uh, back in November, like I think November twenty fourth, if I remember correctly. But they posted their first the first pictures of their newborn baby, and it's uh, Malcolm uh, Hype Mulaney. It's H E H I E. I think it's a Vietnamese middle name, so I'm probably mispronouncing that. Right. But, uh, yeah. So congratulations to them. Congrats to them. Proud Papa. Mm-hmm. I, I look forward to all his new uh, dad jokes when he, when mm-hmm. he goes out on tour. I mean, he yeah, he's going to have no shortage of things to, to talk about when he goes on tour, and I think he's starting his new tour in February. Yeah. So. Like, if he goes out there and just talks about, you know, iPods and... Uh, <laughs> And take out food. I'll be like, dude, what are you talking about? Stop it. <laughs> like, everything happened to you. Talk about that. He had one of the more eventful years a person could have. Um, I, I posted from the SNL Nerds Twitter account yesterday. I was like, right about now, John Mulaney and Olivia Munn are sitting Pete Davidson down to explain to him that just because they have a new baby now, it doesn't mean they love him any less. Yeah. So. <laughs> I could see that. Because, now. you know. Mulaney had more or less adopted Pete Davidson. Yes, absolutely. And so, like I imagine now, Mulaney's like now, now that now Pete, you have a you have a baby new baby brother. You got to look out for him. <laughs> I, I wonder if Pete Davidson was at John Mulaney's intervention. Hmm. Whoa, that's a good question. I mean, maybe. Like I haven't heard anything about it, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm just. I'm I'm curious. I'm just like, what does it mean if you have an intervention and Pete Davidson's one of the people <laughs> there who's like, drugs are affecting your life? <laughs> yeah, when Pete Davidson says that to you, that's that is what we call a wake up call in the biz. Yes, yes. That's like I got to get so. it all together. It's like saying it's like Keith Richards saying you're doing too much drugs. I- exactly. Exactly. So. Huh. So, yeah, so a fair amount of SNL news happening uh, during the down week, just, you know, kind of squeezing it in for before the end of the year, before 2021's all over. That's right. This is uh last episode of the of 2021, y'all. 2022 right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we decided uh, this week, uh, since it's an off week for SNL, we we're going to do a... Uh, we're going to do a Christmas special, a Christmas special that's been around for a few years, A Very Murray Christmas. This is a, a Netflix special that uh, debuted in 2015. Uh, yes, Very Murray Christmas on Netflix, uh, directed by Sofia Coppola, who, of course, mm-hmm. Bill Murray worked with on uh, Lost in Translation and uh, On the Rocks, which, you, which we've covered on the podcast. Uh, yes. Ri- written by Bill Murray, Sofia Coppola, and Mitch Glazer who has also worked with Bill Murray on the film Scrooged and Rock the Casbah. Cool, cool. So, so yeah, so it's kind of... The, the, the more I looked into all the people and and uh, writers who had to do with this special, I was like, oh, they've all worked together. This is like kind of like a... Almost like a family type of affair. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's just something that Bill Murray just kind of threw together with a bunch of his friends. Uh, by the way, if you want to hear what we had to say about uh, On the Rocks, uh, which is another time that Sofia Coppola has directed Bill Murray, that's back on episode 127 of the SNL Nerd. So uh, dive into the archives and check that out. Absolutely. Treat yourself. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, so I mean, this is a this is a special that I think you suggested, and uh, it's something yes. where I was like, oh yeah, that might be an interesting one uh, when I heard it, and like I'd never mm-hmm. seen it before. And uh, when I looked into it, and I saw Sofia Coppola directed it, so I was like, oh, I mean, I didn't know exactly what I was. I didn't know exactly what I would be in for. I was like, well, is this going right. to be? Did you just did you just watch it cool? Did you read anything about it beforehand? No, no, no. I just hopped in cold. I just saw it was an hour, so I was like, all right, let me just dive right in. So like, I didn't know. Yeah, I I had put it on my queue for a few years, and then I didn't watch it for a few years. And you don't, you generally only want to watch a Christmas special during the Christmas season. So it's like I'm not going to watch this in June. <laughs> right that would be so, weird but I, I finally watched it maybe one or two years ago and i and i really liked it i remembered enjoying it uh so i thought yeah well why don't we do this this would be fun it's got bill murray it's got several other snl people who appear in it like uh amy poehler and maya rudolph and chris rock and uh, uh, uh paul schaefer of course who is uh in the original band at snl so he and uh Bill Murray go way back. Yeah, Paulie Shafes. Mm-hmm. So, and there are a lot of other cool celebrity cameos as well. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I enjoyed it too. Like, I mean, when I first uh, was watching, I was like, I didn't know what I was expecting, what I was getting into. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, well, is this going to be like a variety Christmas show type of vibe? Or is this going to be like a, like a straight up, like a sort of, uh, storytelling show with like a through line and everything mm-hmm. or would this be because Coppola is directing is this going to be like more of a you know artsy fartsy kind of indie movie type of thing and I don't know I I feel like it was kind of all three of those things of uh yeah yeah uh, but I didn't I did end up enjoying it like I like how it kind of started off I mean so basically the premise is uh Bill Murray is um and he's at the Hotel Carlisle in New York City, and he's about to do mm-hmm. a Christmas special. But, a, of course, a big blizzard hits the city. No one showed up. None of the guests can make it. None of the uh, mm-hmm. audience members can make it. So he has to do a show for an, an audience of no one, which, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds a little familiar. It's a live TV special uh, within the world of this show. So they're they're going to be... And yeah, he's he's contractually obligated to do it. He's got his two producers played by uh, Amy Poehler and Julie White, who are just like, oh, no, you have to do the show, even though there's no one here. Oh, look, we're just going to cut in this footage of celebrities from the Golden Globes and it'll look like everybody's here. You just have to perform. Right, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, so basically he's bummed out that he still has to do the show, even though but even though there's nobody there. Part of me kind of was hoping them saying, oh, why can't we just do, like, a clip show? Because uh-huh. then that would be like, oh, this is this is a lot. Then there would be a lot like the Paul Rudd episode from last week. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's, it's all it's all connected. Yeah, it, it does kind of parallel the last episode of <laughs> SNL. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't intentional on my part, but yeah, it is, a, it is a funny coincidence there. Yeah. Right. And they also had this one thing that, I don't know, I, I thought kind of didn't fit the whole thing, where uh, Michael Sarah is in the is in this, and he plays like a, a talent agent that's trying to sign Bill Murray. Yeah, uh-huh. and of course Bill Murray tells him to to scram and beat it. And a part of me thought that would be like a thing that would you know they would come back to that later on in the special, but they really didn't. They didn't do that at all. It was just like a like a one off type of thing. 
Uh, yeah, they don't come back to that at all. Um, yeah, people do kind of come in and out of the this, this special, and I wonder if that was part of... I feel like that had to be determined by people's availability. Like, either they only had Michael Sarah for the day, uh, or they only had Chris Rock, who's another SNL alum who, who pops up. I, th- I don't think I mentioned him before. Um, I think they only had him for a day, and so they did what they could with him. And then they just kind of disappear from the special. Uh, or, yeah, I don't know. It, the, it has a real sort of loosey, loose improv kind of quality to it. So yeah, I the, wonder if they just did it like Curb Your Enthusiasm style where they had a, a rough plot line and then they just kind of improv their dialogue. I think that, I think so. I think you're right. It did have like a very loosey-goosey feel to it. Like one point, uh, Bill Murray had this funny line that I got a kick out of. Uh, where he's looking around at the set, and but he's still bummed out that he has to do this contractually, and he just mm-hmm. sees the cameras, and he's like, "Oh, five cameras! I like, I like our chances of one of them getting this right." Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's a thing uh, where like Bill Murray at one point he's like trying to escape from the hotel to run from the special, and he runs into Chris Rock, who's like coming in through the revolving door at the front, <laughs> um, and Chris Rock pops up and and he's like oh chris rock you're you're here great well we can have a celebrity appear on this special you can you can come on you can rap and chris rock just goes i i don't rap do you even know me and, and bill murray just goes some <laughs> <laughs> uh that was a lot of fun but he he cajoles chris rock into uh singing um do you hear what i hear with him they do a duet right and which I think even at one, like you said, even at one point, Chris Rock said he does not sing. And yeah. look, Chris Rock is an amazing comedian. Singer, mm-hmm. singer he is not. <laughs> no, no, but he is He is giving it a try. I do, however, I like Bill Murray's singing a lot. And and it's Bill Murray in this special. He is singing sincerely. He's not just doing like Nick the Lounge Singer that from like SNL. I mean, that was that was great. That was hilarious. But I kind of yeah. like Bill Murray singing for real. No, he has, I mean, he's not, I don't know, I, don't, I guess it's not like a technically good song, but there's a lot of kind of heart and warmth and a little bit of melancholy to it that I, yeah. I really kind of dig. Like, uh, especially like now I, he, he's an older man, so his voice yeah. is a little bit more raspier and gruffer, he, but there's there's something to it. There's like he, a life lived and, in there. He and Sofia Coppola, they're both good at that hitting that melancholy kind of quality and i mean like we haven't done loss in translation on this podcast yet i, I want to do that someday but i mean that movie has that in spades but i find like the older i get the more i respond to christmas movies and specials that have a lot of that melancholy quality to it because that that's definitely in the mix for the holidays you know no yeah absolutely it's, it's not all sweetness and light and yeah a lot of times it's like you feel vaguely depressed because it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be feeling really good, but this isn't going how I how I planned it or how I want it to go. And that's this special. And like while he's Bill Murray's singing his duet with Chris Rock, the hotel has a blackout and they find out the entire eastern seaboard is out. And and then once that happens, uh, his producers, Amy Poehler and Julie White, they're both like, hey, great, act of God, you're released from your contract. Yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> we're out of here. By Bill Murray. Yeah. And I also like as soon as the lights went out, 
you hear like footsteps of somebody running towards the door, the door uh-huh. opening and slamming and closing. And then yeah. once the lights come on, everybody's asked, Hey, where's Chris Rock? Where'd he go? Yeah. So And Chris- that is the last you hear you you hear or see of Chris Rock throughout the movie. Um Chris Rock just makes a run for it in the darkness. I, th- I think that's hilarious. I think that was hilarious. That was very funny. So so for the rest of the special, they're just kind of trying to make the best of a bad situation. Uh, so so Murray goes to the hotel bar. Uh, he sings uh, with a waitress uh, played by Jenny Lewis, who is a singer songwriter. Uh, she was in, she was in the band uh, Rilo Kylie. Yes, and um, uh, yeah, then they sing "Baby, It's Cold Outside," which mm-hmm. I guess you know a lot of people feel is a very problematic song. Um, but like, I think they do it in a way where it's, it's kind of nice and, uh, sweet. You know, honestly, I've, I've always liked that song. I, I can see why people object to it, but I honestly think a lot of people are either misreading it or willfully misreading it. Yeah. Um, I think it's the line where she said, what was in that drink where people are like, oh, he, he roofied her. Disgusting. Yeah. That's, that's reading so much into it. Um, yeah, I guess like, so. You know, what's in this drink is... It, that's just a thing that people say when a drink is stronger than they expect. And honestly, if you listen to the entire song, or if you watch it in the original uh, movie that it's in, it's um, uh, it, it's a movie with uh, I think Esther Williams and Ricardo Montalban. I can't remember the name of the movie, and I don't have it up right now. But um, Ricardo Montalban. Whoa, Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, I it's I haven't heard that name in in, for, in a while. Yeah, well, I mean, check it out. It's 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 a very cute number, and it's it's like the way they play it there. It's like this fun, flirty number where it's like both the man and the woman want to spend the night, but but and she wants to spend the night, but because it's like the nineteen forties or nineteen fifties, she's concerned about what people will say, uh, and so she's like, you know, they're doing the dance. So that's what that's what it's about in my mind. Yeah. All right. So that uh, yeah, that film is called uh, Neptune's Daughter. Oh uh, yeah. There you go. Okay. So 19- yeah, check it. Check out uh, uh, Baby It's Cold Outside. Neptune's Daughter. And they they also do like a reverse version of it where it's the woman trying to convince the man to stay, and yeah. that's very funny. And so yeah, I, I mean, I think there are all sorts of ways you can treat that song where it's not uh, problematic. There you go. Yeah. So um, the film has, like you said, Esther Williams, Red Skelton. And Ricardo yeah. Montalban. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a cast for you, right? That is a cast, my friend. I just I just recently heard there was another version, uh, a cover version of uh, Baby It's Cold Outside that John Legend did with somebody. Uh, oh. No, John Legend did it with Kelly Clarkson. Okay. And it is awful. They tried, <laughs> they, they tried to PC it up. And they they go way too far with it, and you know, and he he was, I th- I think at one point they literally sing "My Body, My Choice," my body, <laughs> my choice, <laughs> and it's oh, it's so horrible. It's it goes it goes way too far the other way. <laughs> I mean, do you think they did that like as a joke or with like sincere about it? It seemed sincere. It didn't it didn't seem over the top enough to be a joke, but maybe I'm misreading that version. Oh boy. I, I find that version more offensive, personally. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. And actually, also, uh, so while they're all hanging out in the bar, it's Bill and Paul hanging out. And I think there, there's this one line that I got a kick out of where, you know, 
they figure out what what they're gonna do now that the power's out all all over the East Coast. Uh, and then Bill asks Paul, "Hey, you haven't quit drinking, have you?" And Paul says, mm-hmm. "Paul says, should I?" Bill says, "Yeah, good man." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I got a kick out of that. But I was like, "That's that's a very Bill Murray thing to say." Yeah, I mean, Bill Murray, he's he's just sort of effortlessly charming. Um, like even when he's doing uh, "Baby It's Cold Outside" with Jenny Lewis, he's he's like sort of slightly riffing on the lyrics, which that also makes it fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, they also discover that, you know, because of the powers out, the, all the food is melting uh, because the refrigerator is broken. So they decide to eat it all. They decide to have a big feast in the bar. Right. And, and uh, uh, yeah, and then we see that the chefs in the kitchen are is, uh, played by the band, the French band Phoenix. Yes. Who had a uh, lead singer is married to Sofia Coppola. Yes. Yeah, so that's how they were able to get Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and uh, um, they the, had an in, and they, they sing a song called "Alone on Christmas Day," which I really liked. It was originally written for the Beach Boys. I read. Oh, really? Yeah, it was supposed to be on like a 1977 Christmas album, but they never recorded it. Then the, the Beach Boys finally recorded it, and then Phoenix did this version like a month after the Beach Boys. Oh, interesting. Huh. So I didn't know that. But yeah, for those that don't, for those that don't know the band Phoenix, I'm, you, they had that huge hit back in uh, like '09. Uh, the song's called 1901, and it's like one of those songs mm-hmm. that once you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember this song. It like It'll instantly take you back to the uh, early aughts. Mm, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to check out more of uh, the band Phoenix. I, I want to hear more of their stuff. Yeah, and we, um, also, yeah, and we also have uh, uh, Mr. David Johansson, a.k.a. Buckster Poindexter, as the bartender. Yes, yeah, he he pops up in this. He's wearing a name tag that says Buster. I read, of course, he does. It's like a reference to his Buster Poindexter character. Um, I actually knew knew him as Buster Poindexter before I ever knew him as David Johansson of the New York Dolls. Yeah, I think most people our age was that. Like, I knew him as oh, it's the dude that did Hot Hot Hot, and then right. like you know, once you go back and be like, oh wait, no, he was actually in this band, New York Dolls that performed at CBGB's all the time and, and that, that glam rock yeah. kind of punk type of scene. And yeah. And I've, I've since like gotten turned on to the New York dolls. I've got like a, like greatest hits album of theirs and I like their stuff a lot. So it's, it's good stuff. It was cool. But yeah, I, I knew him first as Buster point next to the hot, hot, hot guy. Yeah, I still remember when he was a musical guest on SNL when Sigourney Weaver hosted. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so and uh, so we have him there. We also we had a ton of uh, celebrity cameos, including uh, the bride and groom whose mm-hmm. whose uh, wedding got canceled because of the blizzard, right. played by uh, Rashida Jones and Jason Schwartzman. Right. Who are who, I mean, they're both I, I think it's safe to say they're pretty tight with uh, Bill Murray at this point. Jason Schwartzman's done a, a thousand Wes Anderson movies with Bill Murray. Uh, yeah, uh, Rushmore, Darjeeling Limited, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, they're, they they know each other. Oh, and of course, mm-hmm. um, Jason Schwartzman is related to Sofia Coppola. They're like cousins. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it's safe to say that Bill Murray enjoys working with Rashida Jones. I think Rashida Jones was gone from Parks and Recreation by the time that Bill Murray did his cameo in the last season. But... Um, he did. He did do a cameo on her show, Angie Tribeca, and they, of course, did on the rocks together. So, uh, and and they have a cool 
chemistry together. I like seeing them together. Yeah, they definitely have like a nice little kind of father daughter you know dynamic there that I I really mm-hmm. dig. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, there's a lot again like I think when you mentioned uh, the feeling of melancholy that yeah. that you like around the holidays, I think this scene the second half of the special really has it in spades. It's really it's where yeah. it gets like really amped up because like at this point it's just kind of everybody who's trapped in the blizzard drinking and singing songs to each other like almost like a like an irish wake or something like at one point we... I mean, it's, it's kind of like that's that line in the song they don't do this song in the special but uh, the have yourself a merry little christmas where it's a line you know until then we'll have to muddle through somehow that's kind of what this special is it's them muddling through exactly and uh and off oh, oh, another cameo we get we get uh, Miss Maya Rudolph as a lounge singer who like sings this fantastic song, uh, "Baby, Please Come Home," and you know Maya coming in, reminding you that she's got pipes, as the kids say. Yeah, she's. I mean, I like that song a lot. Maya Rudolph sings the hell out of it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's like it kind of reminds me because like I I remember whenever she was on when she was on SNL, like she always did these great like impressions of Christina Aguilera and like, you know, mm-hmm. how Christina just kind of goes off into those big belty songs or the big yeah, belty. She did voice. Beyonce on the show. Yeah. And uh, and then you hear her sing. It's like, Oh wow. She's really got pipes. And like, and then I also know that she's a, she's a huge like Prince fan and she has that uh, cover band uh, princess that she does. Oh, I didn't know band. she had a cover band. That's cool. Yeah. That's I think cool. they performed also, like her mom. Uh, what was the name of her mom who did the, um, that song, the, the was it loving you? Yeah, uh, Minnie Ripperton. Yeah, Minnie Ripperton. She's Minnie Ripperton's daughter, and uh, uh, she she passed away, I think, when Maya was very very young. So right, yeah. Uh, but I mean, she comes by the those musical talents, honestly. Right, and uh, yeah, um, Maya Rudolph has a few good lines here. Like she offers Jason Schwartzman a drink, saying, "Oh, you ever tried a, a soiled kimono?" Which I don't even know if that's a real drink name or if it is. I, I want to. It should be. It should be. Damn straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's this very kind of uh, feel to this this second half where there's just kind of a bunch of people trapped in trying to make the best of a bad situation. Like at one point, uh, Jason Schwartzman dr- joins the band or you know the chefs mm-hmm. on the drums. He's just playing drums while they uh, perform, and then you're like, oh yeah, Jason Schwartzman. He played drums in a band a while ago. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then uh, I think they. Earlier on in this scene, they kind of introduced the fact that the bride and groom, Rashida Jones and Jason Schwartzman, had a fight. And so Bill Murray tries to connect them together. And then they end up singing um, Hel- uh, I Saw the Light, the Todd Rundgren song together. And then everybody in the play starts singing I Saw the Light. I was like, oh. Which, that's a really nice song. It's kind of a underheard uh, Todd Rundgren song. It's on the same album as his big hit, uh, Hello, It's Me. Um, it's on his uh, his double album, Something Slash Anything, from 1972. Ooh. And uh, this really reminded me, man, I got I to gotta listen to some more Todd Rundgren. He's he's an underrated dude. Criminally underrated. I mean, Hello, yeah. It's Me, I Saw the Light. I mean, he's produced, like, a number of artists that are just pretty dope. Like, I just saw him, and, um, I watched a Sparks documentary not too long ago, and he, uh-huh. he was a big proponent of the band Sparks that, like no one really heard of, up, I guess up until nowish. Uh, but I know yeah. Edgar Wright was a huge, has been a huge Sparks fan forever. 
But yeah, Todd Rundgren, he's he's one of those dudes that just kind of went under the radar, had a few, you know, radio friendly hits, but he's he's been doing stuff. Don't don't sleep on Mr. Rundgren. Yeah, I was like, man, I've got to I've got to go to iTunes and like download some Todd Rundgren albums. I feel like I want I need to educate myself on him a bit more. Yes. I, I feel like I would really like his stuff. You need to learn, man. Teach your, mm-hmm. teach yourself. Mhm. And so, like, the big kind of finale thing from the hotel sequence is where they all sing uh, Fairy Tale of New York together. And that's that's pretty much everybody. This is, like, right after it, it hits midnight and they're like, hey, it's officially Christmas Day. So it's it's Bill Murray, Paul Schaefer, Jenny Lewis, Maya Rudolph, Jason Schwartzman, Rashida Jones, uh, Phoenix, David Johansson. Uh, am I leaving out anybody? I don't know. Huh, partridge in a pear tree? I don't know. There's a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> the five five golden rings yeah um but i mean that's that's fun and that's a nice finale and it's it's a it's a cool low-key kind of christmas special and then at the end of that song bill murray just sort of passes out because he's been drinking steadily throughout this yes as you do as you do uh yeah and then when he wakes up he's in a dream sequence where he's on stage white piano mm-hmm. white uh set Mr. Paul Schaefer there tickling the ivories. And this is yeah. where we get the big, you know, uh, variety show Christmas uh, brouhaha that I, I was sort of expecting. Uh-huh. And then we have Mr. Uh, Mr. George Clooney and Ms. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Miley Cyrus uh, coming right. out and, uh, you know, singing a few uh, holiday tunes. Like, uh, you know. They, arri- they arrive on a sled and then George Clooney hops off and and he starts mixing martinis for everyone. Yeah, yeah he does. I start saying, and, you know, yeah, it's George Clooney is in a tuck, so he he he's looking he's looking very James Bondy, and uh, you know, he just starts mixing martinis for everyone. And Miley Cyrus is in a little sort of Santa dress. Yes. Thing. Yes, and, uh, and yeah. Uh, then they start singing uh, Sleigh Ride. Uh, mm-hmm. Miley starts singing. Uh, she has a version of Silent Night that was a last-minute edition, yeah. apparently. And so she has yeah. like a nice little solo thing. And um, then George Clooney and Bill Murray start singing uh, Santa Claus Wants Some Lovin'. Yes. Which, uh, according to IMDb Trivia, was initially going to be performed by the rapper Rick Ross. Yes. But he... And then when Ross becomes unavailable, they get George Clooney to fill in. And, I mean, I'm sure that happens all the time. Yep. Whenever Rick Ross can't make a commitment, he's like, well, have you tried George Clooney? And then sure. George Clooney is like, yes, I will fly in from my villa in Italy, and I will step in for Rick Ross. A lot of people don't know Rick Ross was going to be in Monuments Men, uh, but mm-hmm. he couldn't make it. So then George Clooney yeah. had to fill in. Rick Ross was in the original pilot of ER. That's and... right. <laughs> and uh, for whatever reason, that didn't work out. So they said, hey, how about Clooney? Clooney yeah. was like, yeah, sure, I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Ross you know, was going to be. That's why the character was named Doug Ross. It was it was named after Rick Ross. Wow. Mind yeah. blown. Mm-hmm. How about mm-hmm. that? I... He was he was going to do uh, From Dust Till Dawn with uh, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. Uh, didn't end up happening. George yeah. Clooney steps in. That's right. We almost... We almost had Rick Ross in uh, From Dust Till Dawn. We were almost, we were that close to being like, hey, man, what's up with all these vampires? <laughs> I'm assuming that's what Rick Ross sounds like. By the way, just quick reminder to, to both of us, someday we are going to have to do Bordello of Blood with Dennis Miller on this podcast. Are we? 
again, I feel like we're going to run out of the good stuff at some point, so we have to oh. at least periodically cover the bad stuff. Oh boy, like, I I don't know if I got it in me for that. Uh, okay, come on. It's 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 produced by the Tales of the Crypt people. It stars Dennis Miller, uh, Erica Alaniac from Baywatch, and Corey Feldman. And uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, a- Angie Everhart. Oh, boy. How I... are we not going to have things to talk about in <laughs> this? Oh, I mean, it sounds good on paper. I'll do that. But, like, I feel like when I actually watch it, I'll be like, I've I've made a huge mistake. I am I am not saying it is a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I have seen it, and it it will give us stuff to talk about. All right, I think we found our holiday uh, Halloween episode for twenty twenty two. I will pencil that in for next Halloween. Oh, gee whiz! Bordello of blood. Ooh, ooh, boy. Okay, but back to the Christmas special. Back to this. Back to the. I mean, I I thought it was a lot of fun to see George Clooney. I'm not I'm not a big Miley Cyrus fan. I honestly I just don't like her voice. I don't think she has a very good singing voice. Mm. Um, it's a nice voice, but like honestly, I mean, after hearing Billie Eilish sing a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago, I was like, oh no, that's Billie Eilish has a better singing voice. Yeah, I, I think Bill Murray has a better singing wow. voice. I liked, his, I liked his singing better than Miley Cyrus. Some, some, like she's got like this nasal quality that just sets me on edge, man. Oh, wow, the the Miley Hive is going to come right after you with those with that slander, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you seem so unbothered. I mean, if if the Miley Hive wants wants to come after me. My block and mute buttons are ready when they are. Just bring it, Miley Hive. <laughs> How could you say that? Mute. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I. Block. Well, maybe mute. you haven't listened to the first album, Block. <laughs> You're right, I haven't, Block. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how that's going to go. So Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um... Uh, I, you know, Santa Claus wants some loving. I thought that was a fun number. Uh, I, I like the lighting on that. You know, they've got, they got dancers all around them. Uh, oh, yeah, they got like solid and, gold dancers. Were they the solid gold dancers? Or? No, they just reminded me of the solid gold dancers. I, I was thinking they were kind of rockets. Oh, you know what? You, you, probably, you know, that, that's a better analogy. You're right. Because that, that seems more Christmassy, right? Um, yeah, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah, I'm not saying they are the Rockettes. They were just kind of in that style. Um, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we get those songs from him, and it's very kind of Christmas type of uh, variety show type of style. Of course, Bill Murray wakes up. Uh, it's, it's Christmas Day. He's in his hotel room. Yeah. He's with uh, Paul and uh, his assistant, Dimitri, who kind of pops up mm-hmm. throughout the whole uh, special. And uh, yeah, yeah, they're just. They're... I, I did not know the person playing Dimitri, but apparently the the actor's name is Dimitri Dimitrov, which that's a cool name. I like it. Double D's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Double Dimitris. <laughs> Double Dimitris. Yeah. Uh, you know, he says "Merry Christmas" and to uh, Paul and Dimitri. Kind of looks out the window over the city. Says "Merry Christmas, everyone," and then that's it. Yeah. It's um. Very kind of mellow, melancholy type of uh, special, you know, except for yeah. the third act where it's like the big variety show over the top type of special. But it's it's still like got this 
yeah, it's got this mellow kind of quality. It's a nice way to wind down from the holiday season, I think, because like so often going into Christmas, you're, you're very amped up. You're, you're getting all the presents for people or you're, you're hyped up because you're traveling somewhere and you know, there's all the stress involved with that. So this is, this is a really nice way to just wind down and relax. It's just an hour. It's a quick watch and, and it's fun. Yeah, I would agree with that. I enjoy this. Like, um, you know, like usually when you hear like a holiday special, it's like you said, you hear like, you know, just big kind of over the top, uh, brash song cues and, you know, it's the most wonderful time, like, like right. over the top type of singing performances and whatnot. But this is very, this one's very low key. The whole special yeah. is like a low key Christmas. And it never, it never crossed the line into cheesy too, which I liked. Right. It was just, yeah, it was, it just felt like it was like hanging out with Bill Murray and some cool people for an hour, which I mean, how can you not like that? I love that. I, lo- yeah. I love all of that. But uh, and that's the dream. You want to just be hanging out with Bill Murray for an hour or so, or the better part of a day. I I don't know at what time, at what point, hanging out with Bill Murray gets old. Maybe it doesn't. It, I don't know. I've never met the man. I'm 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 open to meeting the man. I did. I never met him either. But I he did walk by me once uh, when I was. When I was on the street and I was a PA for like this this film we were shooting, I don't even remember what the film was, but like me and my mm. buddies who were also PAs, we were kind of doing. We were by the um, the production trucks and we were helping out with stuff. And it was around Washington Square Park in the city, and it was like him and I guess his his son and some other people just like walked by us. Like I guess we were walking to a restaurant, and like me and my uh, my friend John, who's also a huge Bill Murray nerd, like we saw him. We didn't say anything. We just, we tensed up. And immediately as he like walked by and went around the corner, it was just me and him just trading Ghostbusters quotes for over like 10 minutes. You you and your friend. Yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, we got the tools. We, it's Miller time. Just, it was literally, <laughs> that's all we, all we could do is just talk in Ghostbusters quotes. Because like our brains just couldn't process and handle the fact that we had just seen the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Bill Murray. That's that's cool. I had I once had a random encounter on the street with Janine Garofalo. Oh, nice. Um, where when I was walking in the city with a group of my friends, and Janine Garofalo like passed us by from the other direction, and I was literally the only person in my group who saw her. Ooh. And Janine Garofalo is like a, a short woman, but she's a very fast walker. So by the time she like passed by me and it registered in my head, I was like, holy shit, that was Janine Graffler. She was already past us as a group. And I was literally the only one who saw her. So it was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I like, you know, I like told my girlfriend at the time, I was like, oh, that was Janine Graffler who just passed. And she was like, what, really? Because, um, and you know, maybe that's part of the reason that she's a fast walker. So she doesn't get hassled too much on the street. That's true. I mean, she, I mean, she performs on stage quite a bit in the city so i don't think she'd get hassled mm-hmm. too too much well i will say like a few years ago i was I, I went to a comedy thing in the city have i told this story on the podcast before um i don't know tell it and we'll see okay okay well i was i was walking back uh from this it was a uh, it was a thing that frank conniff uh was doing where he does he does like a monthly riffing show a movie riffing show um 
And so I, w- I went into the city to do this. And it's like a lottery thing where they, they draw your name out of a hat and then you riff on like a five minute segment of a movie and then they choose a winner at the end. And then the, the winner riffs on a longer segment with Frank and a celebrity guest. This week, the celebrity guest was uh, Jeanine Groffalo. Ooh. And then as I was leaving that thing, because of course I had to hop on a train to get back to Jersey and you know travel for an hour or two. Um, okay. I was... I was walking back to my train and Janine Garofalo was walking in the same direction. So we were like walking with each other and I chatted with her uh, for a few minutes. She was very nice, very friendly, very open. Um, yeah. So uh, she was cool. She was very personable. Oh, and, far out. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, do I have, oh, I do kind of have a Janine Garofalo story. Um, mm. So I so was back, I've, I've told on, the, I've talked about on the podcast before how I used to write for my college newspaper and I wrote. Yes. Uh, I worked in the entertainment section, so I would write up uh, movie reviews, TV show reviews, music reviews, and stuff like that. And uh, the thing about when you write for the college newspaper, like usually, usually you'll get invited to like free stuff, like uh, screenings mm-hmm. and uh, interviews and stuff with the cast of the movie and stuff. So I got to see like a bunch of free screenings, and followed up by like a interviews with a bunch of other people from other you know outlets. Uh, like roundtable interviews? Yes, yes, very much so. Yeah. Uh, so okay. it would be like the the one of the stars or the director of the film or both, and they would just walk into a room with a bunch of other folks from, you know, blog writers and college newspaper writers, mm-hmm. and, then you know, there would be like a big old Q&A. And one time, um, this was like around the time the movie Clay Pigeons came out. I don't know if you remember that. Okay, I remember that. Vince Vaughn's in that, right? Vince Vaughn, uh, Janine Garofalo, and uh, a Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, and Okay. I remember, yeah, I remember, like, I saw the movie. I think they, they might have given me a screener. I don't remember. But afterwards, they were saying, okay, we're going to have this uh, interview with the stars in this uh, hotel room if, you're, if you want to come out and interview them. And we're, I was like, yeah, of course. Because usually they give you free food and stuff. So college yep. student, free food, I'm there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And um, so what they ended up... As a 49-year-old man, I'm like, free food? Yeah, I'll, I'm there. <laughs> Pizza? I'm there. No, no <laughs> toppings. I'm still there. <laughs> free food. It's free food. <laughs> it's free food, man. Come on. Uh, but yeah, so like what ended up, what ended up happening is we did, they, um, they had the interview with the stars in this hotel. And what they ended up doing is they had like four different hotel rooms, like straight up ho- hotel suites or rooms. And they oh, put, so you're like going from room to room. So it was like a press junket. Yeah, exactly. But like they put, gotcha. a, they put a bunch of people in one room and a bunch, bunch of people in another room. And uh, the stars went from room to room. So for one moment, oh, okay. yes, yeah, so one minute I'm talking to Joaquin Phoenix. He's talking to us. And then another minute he leaves and Vince Vaughn comes in, talks to us. And you can tell that the night before was like the big rap party that yeah. they had. Because everybody, all the stars kind of came in a little uh, disheveled. I believe Joaquin was wearing they hungover. Sunglasses. Yes. Yes. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> Joaquin yeah. was definitely wearing sunglasses. Uh, drink. Oh, they were all drinking coffee. Uh, Janine lit up a cigarette. Uh, a few people. Smoked. What, what time of day is this? This it might have been like I feel like noon. Noon. Oh, okay. Maybe okay. noon or one or something like that. Well, that can be very early if you have a hangover. Yes, I think even uh, one of the interviewers asked Vince Vaughn about it. He was like, "Oh, it was rough night last night." And Vince was like, "Yeah, last night, good. This morning, bad." <laughs> <laughs> But like I remember Gene Garofalo being. That's what like, I like about Vince Vaughn is there. There's just there doesn't seem to be any pretense to that guy. He, he just seems to be like 
yeah, this is what it is. This is me. Yeah. And I think like, uh, so when Jadine Garofalo came in and we talked to her, I think one, somebody had the, uh, you know, kind of solid, not solid, but the, the standard question of, hey, so what was it like working with uh, Vince Vaughn? And then she lit up a cigarette and was like, hey, no one's asked me that one before. Uh, Vince Vaughn was... <laughs> so I was like, bravo, Janine Garofalo, bravo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a very Merry Christmas. That's a very Merry Christmas. And those are our random encounters with Janine Garofalo. And, uh, you know, Janine... If you if you are ever listening to this podcast, and why wouldn't you be? You are welcome to come on sometime. If you don't want to talk about your your time on SNL, because I think that wasn't the greatest time in your life, yeah, we'll just talk about one of your movies or something. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's pretty much well known that her time on the show was, uh, uh, let's say, not the best. And I mean. It's it's such a shame because under the right circumstances, she would have been great on that show. She would have killed it. Uh, yeah. But she just she came on at the wrong time. Yeah, I think when and she didn't she didn't mesh with the people who were there. Yeah, I think when she came on, it was like infamously like a boys club. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I've kind of gone back and watched a few of the episodes in her tenure. And yeah, it was very kind of kind of bro you know, misogynistic type of sketches well it was it was the tail end of that uh chris farley david spade rob schneider i think sandler was still on at that point it was it was the tail end of that era so she was on like mid 90s uh so they weren't really writing for her type of thing yeah and yeah it just it, it just didn't work in the live from new york uh, oral history book uh they had some very interesting things to say about that era oh yeah so yeah maybe i don't know I, I remember those shows not being the best. And there was like also kind of like a, I don't know, like there was a very dour vibe to those shows yeah. where you can see the energy really isn't there anymore. It's not popping like it used to be. It, it seemed very dark yeah. and gloomy. Like those are the years. It was one of those eras where you were getting all the Saturday Night Dead headlines. Um, yeah. You know, I think, and, and that's, just, that's just part of the cycle that the show goes through. It, get, it gets really bad and then it kind of rebirths itself. And, and like the year after that, that was when they brought in Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon and Sherry O'Terry and, and all those people. And that was the last time like Lauren really remade the show in a major, major way. Yeah. I remember hearing like that was, as, that was the, the closest the show got to being canceled, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like yeah, if you go back and watch those shows, you're like, oh, this the show's on life support. It needs new blood Im- yeah. immediately. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, was it was not good. <laughs> no hay bueno. <laughs> yeah. And that's our episode, guys. Thanks again so much for listening. Thanks so much for supporting this little podcast of ours throughout uh, mm-hmm. 2021 and 2020 and uh, 99 and nine, however long we've been doing this podcast, it seems like it's been a minute. But uh, if you we've been doing this podcast to this, since 1999, yes, I knew it. Yes, that sounds about right. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, thanks so much for supporting us. It's been a, a labor of love, and we really do appreciate all the reviews you leave and retweets and follows and likes and telling your yeah. friends and sharing it with us and the feedback, all oh, the beautiful feedback. We love it all. Thank you so much. And uh, we, we also yeah, really yeah. love uh, we also really love our, our Patreons, our amazing uh, Patreon uh, patriots, mm-hmm. our followers who uh, who donate to us and uh, 
show us the love by giving us the monies. Yeah, and we've got a list of uh, our Patreons. We want to read those names as like a special thank you and thank you for all you do and helping support the show. Um, I got the list right here. You want me to dive in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, thank you to Amanda Mills, Scott Hume, Sarah Fish, Steve J. Rogers, not to be confused Ooh. with Captain America. Captain America's Steve Grant Rogers, although not in the comics because he doesn't have the middle name of Grant in the comics. But in the MCU wow. version, it's Steve Stephen Grant Rogers. Just the so fact that you know his middle name is very impressive. I just want to say that right now. Thank you very much. This is this is what I do. Um, <laughs> next, we have uh, Bill uh, Muterantz. I apologize if I'm mangling that name. Uh, Wendy Mays. Uh, Russell, who does not provide a last name. It's a man he's of one name. Russell. Yeah, he's like Cher. Um, just one name. Just, just one name. Like, he's like Zendaya. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, next, we have Manny V, who... Uh, just initial, so somewhat less of a man of mystery than Ru- than Russell. It could be man if he's Roman. It could be Manny Five, if you think about it. That's true. That's true. Maybe he's a clone. We don't know. Mm. Manny V, write in. Let us know your deal. Are you are you a variant <laughs> <laughs> or not? Uh, Michelle Gardner, uh, Brennan Taylor, Amanda Panda Hoffman. Now that's a cool middle name, Amanda Panda. Oof. Good. Uh, Valerie Chupella, uh, James Carolyn, and John Pope. So thank you to one and all for supporting the show. And if you want to become a Patreon, you can uh, do so at non-productive.com and just click on the Patreon button and then indicate that you're supporting the SNL nerds and you can get some cool bonus content for us. Absolutely. From us. Yes, absolutely. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, tweet at us, follow us, uh, spread the word. Tell, tell us what you yeah. tell us what you think of uh, about us. Yeah, we that. we got a few uh, new followers uh, this week. We were we were tweeting a lot in the lead up to the Paul Rudd episode, and that netted us some new uh, followers on the SNL Nerds uh, Twitter account. That's at SNL Nerds Show. So thank you very much to all the new followers, and we hope you're enjoying the podcast. Absolutely, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Darren Credible. That's D A R I N Credible. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trumbull Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and then the word comic. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so and I, I guess that's it, man. Wow. That's it. That's it for 2021. We polished off another year of this thing. Did it! Yay! Woo! One down, many more years to go until uh, we, all, we, all, we all die from global warming. <laughs> okay, we're we're ending dark. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. I mean, that's not true. There are still COVID variants out there. We could die from that. <laughs> There's a myriad of ways we can meet our maker. <laughs> so we'll yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see where that happens. Like so, you know, keep tuning in. See how we die. <laughs> Exactly. Or will we just get gradually depressed because we're covering movies that we don't particularly like, yeah. like Bordella of Blood? Exactly. The surprises never end here on the SNL Nerds Podcast. 
So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to be back uh, next week on January 2nd. Uh, we're not entirely certain what we're going to be covering yet. we got a couple possibilities, and we don't want to say until we know for sure, because we never want to lie to you, our faithful listeners. That's right. We always want to be truthful. This is, this is a relationship we take seriously with, with you, right. the listeners. This is a relationship of trust. That's right. We're, you're in the trust tree with us in the nest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to do trustfuls right after this. Absolutely. <laughs> Through the internet. So I'll probably just crash on my computer. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. So. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy, uh, I don't know, any, any cel- anything you celebrate, Festivus. And uh, Happy New Year's, guys. Next year's got to be better, right? It's going to be great. Next year is our year. Woo! Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I mean, yeah, maybe 2022 will be the year we all figure it out. Mm. Who knows? Anything's possible. That's that's the nice thing about a New Year's. There's a, it's just filled with possibilities. Absolutely. And and hopefully it'll be good. Hopefully it's yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Mm. Just take care of this universe. <laughs> Command me, Lord. Alright, so. Uh, but until then. Until then! Nerds Nerds out! out. This has been a non productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial No Derivatives license. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non productive.com.